0: Let this day be legend. Hey guys, welcome back. And I'm a caster, interviewing a caster, turn player, turn tournament winner. So it's none other (laughs) than Hotamonda, who is the latest winner of Fight Night NA. So how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing very well and thank you so much for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. I'm glad to see casters that actually turn players and actually top tournaments sort of <laughs> drop the ladder because I always see you on the Americas. You're either top five or something, you are moving on other servers. So it's great to see you, but you are new around here, at least for interviews. So tell the people a little bit about yourself when you're not playing a lot, What are you doing in real life? <laughs> uh
1: well, right now I I I studied when I was younger, a career, and I and I work uh, related to that i study economics right now i'm getting into acting uh, which is kind of like different and weird but i like it a lot and so i'm studying that right now and it's it's been i, I found it like that i liked it during the pandemic and now i'm starting to pursue
0: it mm, quiet nice but how about your card games background what did you play before you actually got to play room terra
1: well, I played a few years of uh, Hearthstone somewhat competitively. Um, I never really got super, super into it, like with Runeterra. I played TFT right before finding out about Runeterra, and I was a challenger there, uh, which I'm thinking about getting back in November when six uh, set comes out. Uh, but I, I
0: haven't really... Been much of a card player other than Hearthstone and then Runterra. So. Mm. so, how did you find out about Runterra and why did you start playing the game? Um, well, I had,
1: at the time I was dating, uh, and a friend of my girlfriend at the time was gonna cast a tournament of, on Runterra uh, the, like the next day. Uh, so, she told me about it. And she knew I played Hearthstone or something like that. She said, you should participate. Uh, and I was like, I don't know. I don't know that much about the rules. I had played maybe once or twice, but I didn't know that much. But she convinced me, and I played. And It's actually a, a really cool tournament, Porto Furioso, like in LATAM, mm-hmm. is quite big. And um, I I went to Mobileytics, and I looked like, what are the three best decks? And I just sent them, and I somehow won the tournament. Uh, and so I said, like, Okay, maybe I'm I'm kind of good at this. I should I should play some more.
0: And how did you start casting Runeterra as well?
1: Um, the casting. Well, first I had a tournament like in my channel, mm-hmm. like a friendly, and I casted that. And I had casted before for Hearthstone uh, quite a few times. So when they started uh, organizing the seasonals, uh, they looked at people preferably who live in Ciudad de Mexico because they were live. And secondly, that had experience in casting card games and that played Runeterra. And there was, like, very few people that, like, gathered all those things. So I was just, like, at the right place
0: at the right time. And then it just went from there, like, grew and grew. Nice to hear that story. But now let's move forward to your lineup that helped you win the Fight Night NA. And first and foremost, we're still not getting rid of it. Zoe Nami is still around here. Why the hell did you, <laughs> Why the hell did you bring it? 10, please. Um, I, I've been playing mostly Scion, and
1: I usually get like really fixed on one deck, and I just play it and play it and play it. Uh, and, uh, and I don't play that many. So so I was looking what could be good to accompany Scion. And like so, Nami was like the obvious choice. It's really, really strong. And it's also really good against Scion, which I thought a lot of people would bring. So I said, like, Okay, if I go Scion, and Nami, it's hard for somebody to lock either one of them, you know, because you can try and lock down Scion, but it's a deck that almost has no counters. And Nami, you can try to lock it down as well. But, you know, Nami does nothing, Nami things. So if if you have two games with Nami, you can high roll one. So I thought if I play this right, I can win against like normal lineups. And if I'm countered, then I can high
0: mm-hmm. You said that you were trying to find a partner for Driven Sand. Was there any other deck that you considered outside of Zoinami, or was this the first and the only choice? Um, I was considering going with, a, with an aggro deck. Uh,
1: and I knew it couldn't be Poppy Six, which is the one I play the most because, because it overlaps the Noxus. And so I tried to play Twisted Fate Gunplank and I I just felt like I didn't I didn't really like it as an aggro deck. Um, I, I feel like Poppy Six is more like like real aggro and TF Gunplank felt like sometimes you could you could run out of steam too early and be rel- and too reliant on like being able to attack with a gunplank leveled up or stuff like that. I didn't really like it that much so I went with and and I had played some Soenami. I always complain about how broken it is. So I said, like, okay, I might, I might as well just take it.
0: Yeah, this is actually really interesting because I know that people kind of gave up, gave up on Zeph's Fraking. Why did you decide to play ah. Zeph's spraying?:
1: Yeah, I read a lot of comments about that. Um, I, 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 I was streaming and I talked in chat with people about the list. And there is, like, a set list of this deck that only moves around, like, two or three cards which are like, uh, usually it's how many make it run, run or line them up, and people might put a silence or they might put a star chart uh, a spell, uh, or stuff like that. And they no longer play briefing because it's apparently too slow. Um, but I've been playing, uh, as you mentioned briefly, I've been playing in all the servers this season. I got to top five in America, and then I went to Europe and got top 10. And now I'm playing in Asia a lot, and I'm top 30 right now, trying to get the top 10 there so I can move to Southeast Asia. And in Asia, I learned a lot because, in my experience, it's been the hardest server and the most uh, creative one. Uh, For example, the list I use of Zion is completely different to the other servers. and it's the one everybody plays in Asia. Uh, And and the NAMI, I played a few games against uh, J01, the Korean player. And and I noticed he he does play sub and like he plays also like Bastion and stuff like that. So I started trying it, and I, and I really liked it. Especially, um, I mean, sub spraying shocks people the most. But I I, I feel like uh, I I only put two, which is not that bad. And sometimes, what it what it happens is you might be able to win without drawing Nami if you have sub spraying or or other like. Uh, like you can combine it with um with Shelly, so it gives you like it, it maybe makes the deck a little a bit a little bit less uh like strong, strong but it makes it a bit more that you can play to other outs if if things don't go your way and I also like a lot bastion I think it's very underrated uh in this deck because people don't play around bastion at all and they just throw everything
0: they have at you. Like at Shelly or Nami. Was Bastion actually crucial in any of your games? Um, probably not this
1: time. Maybe sometimes in ladder. I don't think it was in the tournament. Um, in particular, I can't remember like, many places where it was. But it's it's never like that bad, you know? Because I tried other cards, like uh, I think it's Salvage, the one that draws two and discards two, which is also like really expensive in in comparison to the other cards, same as Bastion. But uh, but I felt that didn't have the immediate impact that Bastion does have, uh, because you usually use it, and you're already getting value when you use it. You usually just like. Uh, forcing your opponent to have another spell or losing whatever he's doing and put him off his game. Because, for example, if he's using the last mana he has in removal and your bastion, he has no other options left. So you really um, eh, give him problems with his strategy. So I I feel like it it didn't really have any amazing play in the tournament. But I think, like, in general, it, it wasn't uncomfortable. It never, like, oh, I wish I didn't have this in hand
0: and sometimes it's good. Alright, I see that you've cut down on the line up you are only playing two and you are playing one of Make It Rain. I think people really love having three them up because you get additional NAMI props. So why the yeah. decision of cutting down on line-em-up? Well, it's, it's
1: like I told you with the sub-spray theme, similar. Like, I think this list is not reliant on NAMI, so you don't really need to have the three line them up,s and um, and also sometimes like uh, um, yeah, it, it's it's really good when you have Nami and maybe even with Shelly, but but if not, like most other of your spells, like have a, a purpose other than that. And line them up didn't really. It's just like a win more card in this case, uh, because like kind in touch fail cascade, etc. You 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 cycle them, right? Or or with Gifts from Beyond or Spell Thief, you have a lot of options. So and like um line them up, make it rain. You don't really have that many options on how to use them, right? So they're really good if you're trying to make spells for Nami, but other than that, they're really situational. So so I feel like I only
0: took one copy and just had one make it rain, but I it didn't really cause me trouble. All right. I also want to ask you about the situation with harsh. I know people are playing two off. Some people like you play one off. Does it really find value anymore, or how how does the card do in the current meta? Um, I think like mostly is
1: is maybe targeted against the mirror against another Nami so which in fact when i was playing in the um losers bracket final against cephalopod um he was really ahead with nami and shelly and at some point i think i, I steered it towards towards uh, my win with hash and also happened in another mirror i think i i won of uh, nami's so I think it's mostly targeted at that. But it can also be when you play a lot of Scion, right? And you usually it's a pretty easy matchup. But the only way you lose is when when um, when they like overwhelm you too much. And in particular, sometimes you're close to stabilizing, but then they play Scion, and it's a problem. Because Scion, uh it's really hard to block, even if you have healing, because... They- it's a lot of attack, and it's overwhelm attack. So it's so it's a really good finisher for Cyan in this matchup, and so Hash really helps you there because it, give, it, it like buys you one more turn, mm. and one more turn against Cyan usually means you win, because like your Sparklefly will have five, six attack or something like that, and then you just win. Uh, so I think it's good against like
0: the top two decks, which are the ones I I took. Alright, judging from your explanations, are you trying to modify your Zoe Nami so you are making it less reliant on Nami and more an all-around good deck?
1: Yes, I mean, I don't think I, I achieved that because it's it's still heavily reliant on drawing Nami or in or in other case, like Shelly, like not even just leveling Zoe will get you the wins, usually. So I think it's very hard to get out of that. I think almost impossible. I think the deck is, the deck archetype is like uh, very linear. Like you need Nami or you need Shelly usually to win. It's like really hard not to. You can you can buy time until you get them and still be kind of strong, but you eventually need them because if you, if not you don't win. And but if it helps even a little bit to make it less dependent, then I mean. I, it's not like I took out any super important cards. You still mm-hmm. have like three copies of the most important ones. So I kinda tweaked just the flex ones.
0: All right. That was some pretty nice info So let's move forward to the deck that you said you played quite a lot and that you enjoy playing Raven, Cyan. Why, why do you love playing the deck a lot? And why did you bring it here? Well, I think I, uh, like I
1: said, I play a deck and I play it and I play it and I play it. And sometimes it's not tier one or tier two. And I still kinda get a good win rate with it, right? Uh, but at some point it's like the ceiling is too low, right? Like I don't know. The season before this, I was playing like crazy Karma Ezreal, Kasma Ezreal. Or at some point it was Lurk, Lurk, Lurk. And and I find like the playing it so much at some point it gives you like a lot of insight into the deck and, and all the matchups. But if it's not a tier one deck, it's really limited. And this time, for whatever reason, I started playing Draven sion I liked it. And now I think like I played like uh, pretty well. Um like I'm winning most of my games in tournament with Draven sion And and it's also like super super strong. So so the two things combined make it so so I have a, a lot of chances if I play a tournament. This list in particular is not my own. Um the one I got to rank one in America like was with triple aloof and stuff like that. Didn't have Time wonder. didn't have run, didn't have survival skills. It's like uh, much more, I don't know, this is kind of also controlly, kind of slow burn-ish. But mine was kind of like as well controlly, only in a different way with the aloofs and all that. And some people play, I don't know, Grenadiers or stuff like that that I never like playing because it's more like agro-oriented. But this list in particular, when I started playing in Masters in Asia, I started finding a lot of people who play Drainment Sion with these kinds of lists, like small variations maybe. But I was losing mirrors, which I wasn't losing at all in America or Europe, because people would time-winder my Boom-Ba-Boom or my Poros, which is really important in the mirror, the Poros. Uh, and then maybe we would have like a tie game where we would both have Siren, and then they would come up with Farron, And just like double axe my face and win it. And so I started noticing as well, like this isn't new, but Aloof isn't really good in this matchup, which is a really good card and it's really good for Zion. But in the middle, you almost never want to Aloof because if your opponent knows you have it, he's always keeping one lost soul in hand and you're helping him. Like it's really bad if you Aloof a lost soul. So I started looking at this and I started trying it. And I adapted to it, and I really like it. It still has a lot of burn in three Mystics, three Get Excited, but it, it adds the 2 axes, which is which is really, really good against some matchups because maybe turn seven, you drop Saiyan and it gets Minimorphs. Then on turn eight, you have Farron, and they usually don't have another Minimorph. And even if they do, um, double Minimorph is too expensive because um, they're not like... Completing the mission of the tree or or doing stuff they want to do, like I don't know, charging up darkness or removing or whatever. Uh, and so you tie their mana up and you still have the two axes. So it's not hard for for this deck in the early game, go wide and and put like six, seven, eight, nine points of damage to the other guy's Nexus. So usually that's enough for you to finish with mystic shots and get excited. And Now, with Farron, it's much easier even, so I really like this list
0: so did you did you see in this list the potential to be more consistent in the mirrors and also to have more valid tools in order to win against an opponent that plays a lot of minimorphs?
1: yeah, that's exactly that's uh, perfectly like in the mirror, it's a really good list doesn't run the aloofs. I mean it might cost you not having aloof against certain types of matchups. Off the top of my head, I would say um, shellfolk, you know, because you usually drop on turn 5, turn 6, if you have priority first. And you burn their shellfolk, and it's like one of their only ways to win. But but uh, you win a lot more in like matchups where they stall. Uh, like, for example, against a bundle tree in all of their shapes. Like, they can stall the board. But they can. They uh, eventually, if you have two axes, you have enough burn to get it. And they never win through the board. They always win through the uh, through the tree. And I mean, unless something like really weird, where they had a huge board with bundle mayors, whatever, and then drop the a, a poppy or something like that. But it does doesn't usually happen because you have a lot of removal for that. Uh, so at some point, when they're about to win. Uh, the two ways you most commonly win that matchup is you either like attack with Saiyan and then you kill your own Sion with Flog or something like that, or with Farron, like you get the access and they're already like kind of low on health and you win that way. So I think it's been working really good in most of the important matchups. It it only ever like, I mean, sometimes you can get aloof, but it's not even a problem because you usually have a lost soul in hand and it's like a 50 50 or. Or if it, if it gets aloof, I mean, against Aggro, you can just discard it. You know, it, it, it's not the best card to discard because it doesn't give you another card or or like a four-two or or something on the board.
0: But it's like in worst-case scenario, you can discard it. Alright, so we have these two powerful decks, Zoe Nami and Dragons. And was there any strategy behind bringing these two in particular, or did we just bring two strong decks that are generally good against the field? Um,
1: I usually, my strategy is, uh, I think, to win a tournament. There's three, the three most important things are to be good enough. I mean, practice and be able to be play, the, play good enough to win. To have a good day that day, be concentrated, not be anxious about stuff, maybe in your real life or whatever, be calm, and to be very lucky that day. Because if you don't have those three things, you're not going to be a champion. Because in every tournament, there's a lot of people who play good, that are playing good that day. So you need to be the luckiest one of them, of, of the ones who gather all those two things. Um, so I, I usually think that lineup isn't that important. You usually should go with what, you, what you're what you comfortable with and, and what you feel like is is strong enough that it gives you a chance against almost everything across the board. I don't usually like going to like, oh, yeah, I'm targeting this deck or the other. Because you're making yourself weaker against the decks which you are not targeting. And you might even win, lose against um, the deck you're targeting. Like, I don't know. Sion is the strongest. So I go like, yeah, everybody's going to bring Sion, So I'm going to bring three decks that are good against Sion, And then you might even lose against Sion because it's the strongest deck for some reason. So like if you were targeting, I don't know, <laughs> eh, Katarina Yasuo, maybe you can make sure it's never going to beat you. But if you're targeting Zion, it might still beat you, so so I don't really like that strategy. I just go with
0: what's comfortable and strong. What were your expectations going into the NA fight night? Did you expect to see any decks in in particular, and did any deck actually surprise you when you saw it?
1: Um, I was surprised with uh, Wannabe. My first opponent had a bit off meta picks, didn't go too well. Uh, but I was expecting some people to go like uh, Scion Lee Sin, uh, so they, so they can be good against like Scion because they would have Lee Sin, which is good, and then a mirror. Um, and, and a couple of people brought that, and and I was worried about that because I wasn't bringing Aluf, which is like one of your, the main ways you can beat with Scion there, and, and also Nami isn't great against Lee, uh, so. So those were the matchups I was kind of fearing, and I got, got it. And it wasn't easy against Lee, but I, 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 I was able to beat Zion. Like, I usually win the Mirror, and Nami is pretty good mm-hmm. against Zion. So that was what I was expecting. And then what I wasn't really expecting is what the, the finalists brought, which is a uh, severe action, which is more ex- to be expected, but also uh, Ashe uh, LeBlanc with Noxus. And a couple, he had a couple of cards there tagged in that were kind of surprising, which makes sense. Like the Elephant, which are good against mid-range and stuff like that. And also the deck seems to be pretty good against Nami. Really, really good. Uh, but he was targeting my Nami, right? Um, like I could easily beat his decks with, with Zion. So, so again, you have Nami, you have two chances. It's very possible
0: that you win one of them. Alright, the other tournament is is done, you won it, but I want to use this occasion to get some info from you because as I said, you are playing on all these servers stopping from them. So I want to ask you if you've learned any precious lessons from playing on these other servers than the one that you are usually playing on. Um, In in America, I'm, I'm
1: used to playing. Uh, Europe was a really nice experience because I got to play against a lot of content creators. Uh, which I know like from social media, uh, like Twitter or whatever. But I, I've i seen them play, but I never played against them because like, uh, no cross-shard or whatever. And it, it was a nice experience. I think Europe is pretty similar to NA in terms of level and in terms of gameplay. Um, maybe the only difference is when you play against somebody uh, who's a really good player and you don't know him, they might surprise you. I played a few times, like, like quite a few times in the European server against Godadadi, who's having a, a really good season and playing in the U Masters. And and it was really, really uh, intense matchups. Like we played quite a few times. And um, so, so that's also, it, it makes you... It's not because he's European or American, but rather because he's a new player to you who's also really good. So you're going to learn from that, be it, I don't know, Alan Sichu, whoever, from the European server. If you play against them, it's going to make you a better player. But then in Asia is where I I was like surprised, like really, really surprised. Because starting from the lower ELOs, I, I, I do all these runs from iron to master, right? And even in the lower ELOs, people like... Do stuff which usually you find in like diamond and above, or like platinum and above. So that was surprising. And then when I got to masters, um, it's it's a really really high level, and there's few people. So so you don't get more than 15 LP in any win. Even if you if you beat the top five master, you don't get more than 15 LP. So it's really hard to climb, and there's there's a lot of agro. And uh, there's a lot of like weird tech choices that uh, sometimes they like you see them. I don't know, you see them start in Asia and then you start to hear about them in, in like Twitter or whatever, like in the other regions. But first, you see them in Asia. For example, I saw this uh, this deck, the Tristana Sibir, which is, like this week kind of made some headlines. And, and I had played against it like in Asia, like a lot. Uh, and it's really weird. On stream, people were like, oh, that's a troll deck, a meme deck, but it's actually quite strong. Um, and so so it's like I feel like most of the new stuff is invented there, and also like a few of the lists, like the Nami things, the Bastion, or the Farron, time and their stuff, I found it in Asia. So I, I, I feel it's been a really good experience to try all the servers, because um, they, maybe they play the same decks, which are strong, but they use different lists. And you find out, like, this is better against this, this is better against other decks, etc. So I, I'm also excited to see what Southeast Asia has to offer.
0: What do you expect out of Southeast Asia, just by seeing, for example, the Oof. other players?
1: I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd love to play. Like, a dream of mine was playing against J-01 in Asia. And uh, I really want to play Artify in Southeast Asia because he's always like at the top of that server. So I really want to, like, measure myself up against him. And I'm sure I'll find stuff, like, new stuff in that server and, like, what the level of difficulty is or climbing or whatever. But I really, really want to play against Artify.
0: With the amount of experience you're getting from all the servers, you're going to win world <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Which is not far because you are actually in top 64, if I remember correctly, right? For worst qualifiers.
1: Yes, I, I played the top 64, but I, I lost really quickly. I wasn't, I didn't have a good day. I don't think I played that bad, but I think my opponents played better than me, and I played against two really good opponents. So, so it can happen. As I said, you have to be good enough, have a good day, and be lucky. And,
0: and not all those things were there, especially the, the, the other two. Well, it happens, but... From such a player with a lot of info, playing at the high level most of the time, seasonal is coming. So, do you have any tips for people that are trying to get into the top 42 that are trying to make a name for themselves by winning the seasonal or getting in the top 32?
1: What I would say is uh, my tip, having qualified like before to seasonal, is um, try to have a well, first of all, about the lineup, which is what everybody wants to know about, like what should I bring, what should I bring. I'm gonna say again, like bring what you you play the best, because it's not that much about the the matchups. You are if you if you qualify to seasonal at some point, you are going to have to win unfavorable matchups. Uh, so and if you don't qualify, for sure you're gonna lose some games you should have won. So so it's. It's rather more important that you're in a calm state and you play your best with the decks you feel comfortable than the lineup. Because you, like, let's say you're going to try and target Zion. You're not going to play against Sion nine rounds. It's not going to happen. So at some point, you're, you're going to have to go to against a counter of your lineup. And if you're not that comfortable with it, you're not going to win. So what I would say is play your best decks. Even if you feel like they don't make the most sense together, play your best decks. And then... If a matchup is not that great, you might outplay your opponent. And you will have to if you want to qualify. And also, just like, uh, it's a long day, nine rounds. So drink a lot of fluid, uh, uh, like water or coffee or whatever, and just have a, a nice rest of the day before. Don't stress too much. Don't put too much tre- pressure on you. Like, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And if it's not, you already qualify there, which a lot of people want to and can't. So um,
0: play with no pressure. Alright, that's some nice advice. But I have two more questions before I'm letting you off the hook. First and foremost, did you prepare with someone for Fight Night? Did you scream with someone? Mm,
1: not really. I played on stream the day before, like for a while, but I I went in like with no like huge expectations. Like I just was happy to be invited and and I I like for example, I played science so much. I don't really need to scream with Zion to go to a tournament. I played maybe a couple of Nami games to like refresh in my memory, but Nami in particular isn't really a deck you need to prepare ma- that much on because it's like I don't care what my opponent is doing. I'm going to play Nami and buff everything and just go face. And so, so, so you don't really need to prepare much with Nami. You just play your own game. Um, but yeah for seasonals i think i might prepare a little bit more
0: yes all right and one last question we address this to all the players that are invited here if you could say only one thing to the audience that is now watching which one would that be
1: one thing one thing Uh, come join the community watch my stream. i stream every day Come watch it. It's uh if if it's mostly in Spanish, but also like people come and ask things in English, and I will reply in English. So it's both, and we have a really nice community. We have a Discord there. Everybody helps each other, like get news on tournaments or patches or whatever. So if you wanna like, I mean, as I said, like I played Hearthstone and I played a couple other games like TFT or whatever, and I feel like Runterra, for whatever reason. Uh, has like the best communities in english and in spanish so if you want to make some friends and and i usually explain a lot when i play you want to learn a bit you you should come to my stream
0: All right so come to the stream of someone that actually knows what they're doing and have won a lot it has been a pleasure <laughs> to have you around for this interview and thank you guys for watching as well if you enjoyed as always just hit that subscribe button That. Bell so we always get notified, and other than that, see you next time probably with another banger interview and an awesome player like Hotamonda. So, see you next time.